You boys are out of your mind. Ooh, yeah, dig it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Boys and Body Slams. Three goofballs that talk about wrestling. We're here to boost your ass and have a blast. So, enjoy. Curb stomp. Curb stomp. Curb stomp? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Big Boys and Body Slams. Brand new. We are very excited to be with you tonight to cover a fun show, but first of all, we have a few things to cover. Before we get there, my name is Zach. Over here, we have Luke. Hello. And over here, we have Kyle. Curb stomp? Curb stomp. Curb stomp. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, How's everybody doing tonight, Luke and Kyle? Specifically, I can't talk to the rest of the people listening to this, but how are you guys doing? I am excellent. Happy yeah. happy birthday, by the way. Someone had a birthday this, this, I this week. He turned the big 3-0. <laughs> we had the third annual Sigler Softball Tournament. And it was awesome. Thanks to everybody that showed up. It was a lot of success. fun. I didn't play because I'm a sissy, wissy, nanny boy. But God, you look good. No, you batted once, didn't you? No, no. no I, I had to leave early, too, because I had to go pick up a kitten. But uh, I could have sworn you it was a good. That. It was a great time. And uh, thank you for inviting me. And uh, many more softball classics in the future. I'll oh, be, so many! I'll be your number one cheerleader. I was rooting for both teams too. So, I went, if, like, if you're wondering, five. my team beat Luke's like probably forty-seven to three or something. Oh my like god, that. we had to call it early. Hey, how about Jordan Kelly though, with two singles and two RBIs? Yeah. After yeah. after Shout Luke out. had tried to kick Jordan off his team. No, 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 no. He wasn't. No, he no, wasn't, no, no. Listen, you don't oh, get out of this. Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not going to do this here. He wasn't on my team, Shh, and then baby, he added himself to the lineup. He had an RBI for both teams in the same game. Anyways, nobody cares about that. This is Big Boys and Body Slams. <laughs> this is a show where we review wrestling uh, every week. <laughs> sometimes it's a new show. Sometimes it's an old show. Sometimes it's a new old show. Like in the case of today, where we are looking at AEW. Double or nothing. That's right. We are venturing into the wide open spaces of AEW. Y'all been waiting for this, too. But I've had, what? I was going to say, before we get into AEW, I think we have some... Uh, some fan mail? Some fan mail. Someone's got a bone to pick with us. Do, do, do. And we have a couple someones. Not really bones to pick this week, necessarily, but that's just what the segment's called. Uh, first up, we're going to get to... We're going to get to Matthew Villa, who wrote in... or. Uh, recorded in uh, and he has a couple comments about Kurt Angle and uh, when his prime necessarily was so I'm going to load those up we'll listen to them it's a long oh one so just buckle up what did we say we, what did we say last week that O2 was kind of his prime it was or? like his physical prime mm-hmm. uh, Matthew sure. has a different take that I actually respect quite a bit so we'll listen to that and we'll go from there and then we'll have Dakota again give it to us it's coming hmm just have a little patience. What is up, big boys and body slams? It is me, the greatest fan of the podcast, Matthew Villa. And yes, I am the greatest <laughs> fan of the podcast. Anyways, great podcast. I love it. I really do. I enjoy it. I'm glad you guys are back. Thank you so much. I was listening to the latest episode... SummerSlam 2002, great pay-per-view. You guys were talking about Kurt Angle, how Kurt Angle was the greatest, or how his greatest in-ring wrestling was uh, 2002, and I disagree. I want to point out that I think Kurt Angle from 2006 
to about 2009 or 2010 was his greatest years, was his prime. Kurt Angle hit his prime in TNA, not WWE. He was great in WWE, but TNA was where his great. We'll just cut it off there. Uh, so, because he basically goes on to say, and no disrespect, Matthew, we just got to keep things moving here. Uh, he basically goes on to say that he had great feuds with Samoa Joe, Jeff Jarrett, even Sting, and the like in TNA. Um, and he's arguing that that's the TNA angle was prime angle. And you know what I got to say? He has a point. I kind of agree with him. Also, can you let us know if you uh, do a, a voicemail next week what hot pocket you were cooking? Also, were you running? Because it's, there was like wind. Yeah. Yeah, no, you were sprinting around the house, dude. And also, are we going to start having uh, promos back and forth? Like, f- dueling promos where someone says it the best I feel man? like it should be a requirement that if you write, if you if you record an audio, like, you have to be in character at this point. And then they have household equipment going off while they're cutting promos? Uh, I'm going to answer the question. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I think Kurt's wrestling <laughs> prime was around the WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 21, 2004, 2005. Uh, he was feuding with like Eddie Guerrero, and he was feuding with Shawn Michaels, and I think that was the the best work of his career. And I don't want to take anything away from TNA, because in TNA he was fantastic. Well, uh, and you're like one of the biggest TNA. Uh, I was a huge TNA mark. Like, like I I even loved it. The like 2010 2011 dark years I thought were fantastic. Like I loved watching it. Um, for as much bad stuff as they had, there was a lot of good stuff I liked too, like the aces and eights and um, some of that stuff. But no, I think I think the best Kurt Angle was that 2004-2005 era with the Eddies and the John Cena's and um, Shawn Michaels. But nothing against TNA run because TNA yeah. run's fantastic and those feuds with Samoa Joe, Jeff Jarrett, Desmond Wolf, Sting, Sting whatever, yeah. Jeff Jeff Hardy, like they were all good. I Christian. feel like for me, the reason I was kind of like almost swayed to like kind of agree with him was just because if you look at. I mean, obviously, WWE had the bigger audience watching these matches, and he had some of the most revered matches in the history of the company. But if there's no Kurt Angle in that TNA period, I mean, who knows what happens to TNA? I feel like he meant more to TNA than he did to WWE, if that I, makes sense. I, I can totally see oh, that. yes, absolutely. But, like, I think his wrestling prime was those years before he went there. He was still great there, but... It, I think that's when Kurt was starting to get addicted to more things. That's definitely true. And I think it took a toll on him. That's and definitely true. I mean, I could also say Kurt Angle's probably never wrestled a bad match in its life. Like, the guy just could take the worst wrestler in the world and put on a two-star match with him. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but it's a fun debate to have because, like, how many... Like, usually when you think about somebody's prime, there's typically, like, a clear it's cut. It's very obvious. Yeah, but with yes. Kurt, it's like, you could kind of go any number of ways. Well, Kurt was still wrestling great when he left TNA. Yeah, he had, that, yeah like, he had some great matches for What Culture Pro Wrestling. The Cody and, Rhodes one? Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was around doing some cool stuff. He's just, so. he's just an absolute freak of nature. He transcends I mean, eras. Uh, so, Matthew, I know we ribbed you a little bit, but seriously, thank you for recording in. We hope you do it again. Matthew, you, we love you, man. You are one yeah, of the dude. best friends of the podcast. Well, I, lo- I, love, the, I love the gusto. Yeah. I, th- I think what convinced you the most was just the passion. Exactly. He's very passionate that. about Kurt Angle, which I am too, so I appreciate him writing in, and uh, he kind of persuaded me a little bit, yeah. actually. So, so Matthew, if you want, leave us another message. Let us know what you think. Great radio voice, too, by the way. Cut some more promos, baby. And we got one more. Yeah, uh, we got one more. Uh, Dakota wrote in again, and he has some comments about the King of the Ring. This isn't really a bone to pick segment necessarily, but uh, it is. I think we should talk about the King of the Ring, and this is a good lead into it. So we'll get mm-hmm. to that right now. Hey, 
Big boys and body slams. This is your pal, the real DZ of professional wrestling, Dakota Zankner, and I wanted to chat about the King of the Ring with you guys. Question one. Do you think the King of the Ring could be revived annually, possibly on the pay-per-view schedule? Question two. Do you think they brought the King of the Ring back this year just to build somebody up, or was it to compete with the G1 of New Japan? And question three. Who is your favorite King of the Ring of all time? I'm personally glad to see this event back because of the history it holds, beginning of Austin 316, the rise of Brett and Owen Hart, Edge, and so many others. What are your thoughts, big boys? Brett screwed Brett. Okay. Uh, Kai, what are your thoughts? <laughs> so first things first, the greatest King of the Ring winner ever is Mabel. But um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 just, I'm just kidding. It's not the third man. But... Uh, <laughs> So I don't think it's going to come back as a full-time pay-per-view. I think that would actually kind of be a mistake. I think really? I think right now it is better used as a kind of a prop for television, right? Sure. Because when 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 I heard that it was coming back on Raw and SmackDown, it made me want to watch Raw and SmackDown more. Right. That's a really good okay. point. Uh, second of all, I don't think it has anything to do with the G1. I really think it is to try to build a new star. Well, it's literally what it's always been about. Right. And I think I think they have so many guys that are on that like upper mid card to almost main event level the fringe yeah that it could this could just bump them up and my my third thing for that is i was picking buddy murphy to win he lost i was also thinking it would be buddy murphy versus drew mcintyre in the finals i also thought kevin owens had a chance so i have no idea where they're going but i kind of hope it's chad gable now so wow. um <laughs> i'll i'll piggyback off of that because i Agree with most of what you're saying. I disagree with one one thing. Oh. Um, so let's address them in order. The first question, I believe, was do you see the King of the Ring coming back as an annual event? Yes, but not in pay-per-view form. So I agree with you there. Thanks, Dad. Uh, I think it's a great way to boost TV ratings. You can have the finals on a pay-per-view, but there's already so many pay-per-views. Like, you don't need another themed pay-per-view. You have the Survivor Series. You have the Royal Rumble. You know, uh, I don't think you need a King of the Ring as right. a pay-per-view. And it's such a great way to drive ratings because similarly to Kyle, I've been making sure to tune into the shows to see what's happening with the tournament. Correct. So in that sense, I think it's a great idea to bring it back for TV. Uh, the second part is where I have a little bit of a, a um, of a differing opinion. I definitely think it's to build up like NXT call-ups and 205 Live guys to like make them legitimate contenders. I do think it has something to do with the G1, though. I think it's a little bit of an answer to the G1. And the reason I think that is because this has been like one of the most hyped G1s of all time, especially... Uh, you know, with the new additions of Moxley and Kenta, uh, you know, you had Shibata taking bumps again at the end of it. I think this is definitely is uh, a little in the back of their mind. Not that this is the reason they're doing the King of the Ring, but I think it definitely had a part to play in it. Uh, and then the third part of that, my favorite King of the Ring ever, it's got to be Steve Austin, right? Like, right. That lo- I mean, no disrespect to Bret Hart because he was I also... Mean, Owen's he, up there, too. Yeah. King of Hearts, baby. Um, so I said Mabel, but I was joking. Yeah, who's your actual? I, I, for- you never gave the I forgot to do it. My favorite, and you guys oh, might no. laugh about this, is King Booker. Oh no, I won't laugh. No, about that's it at fine, all. dude. That's I I absolutely love King Booker. Nothing wrong with that. I thought it was fantastic. That extended and his it, career. Uh, exactly yeah, man, for sure. So Luke, your your takes. Okay. Um, as far as it becoming a full time pay per view, I could totally see that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but King of the Ring itself. 
I mean, they they've had the qualifying matches and all that on the the daily the weekly shows. Yes. And then usually at the King of the Ring, it's the semis and then the finals. That's correct. So I mean, you're only taking up three matches on the card anyway. I could totally see them coming back with that. Well, with the full pay per view. The finals is on Clash of the Champions this year. Sure. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I think. But but looking towards the future, I could totally see that coming back. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the second one was: Do you G1. think it's in response to the G one? No. Um, Good call. Yeah. I, <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, I think that it's always been about building a new star. Uh, they're definitely keeping us guessing here, though, because like you said, Kyle, we've had multiple picks, and uh, none of them are in the tournament anymore. Yeah, we're all every, every time I'm so, like, wait, what? Is this the push for Mustafa? Because he's still in. Oh, that's not his name anymore. Or Ali, sorry. Thanks, Prince. Could be. Yeah, I had Drew McIntyre winning the whole thing. I don't know if you guys saw the brackets. Yeah, but, uh, and I, I had Buddy. I, ha- yeah. I had Buddy beating our McIntyre brackets are busted. Um, and I think we all know your favorite. So it, it's it has to be Stone Cold. Yeah. But but Owen, I mean, what he was able to do, what Owen was able to do with less than, uh, like with not not with titles, I mean with the Slammies, with the King of the Ring, what he was able to make out of that was just amazing, and I think the Owen Hart, I, I mean, made props what they were. He had two like fake ass looking trophies, and made it into a huge heel gimmick, right? Yeah, so I, I mean, think, I think he, I think the King of Hearts was amazing for Owen. He kind of paved the way for like doing the King gimmick well. Because I know Mabel had kind of toiled with it a tiny bit. But I feel like that was like, Owen really made that his own, you know? Sure. Um, not saying that you have to do a King gimmick. Like, you don't have to literally be a King if you're going to win the King of the Ring. I mean, there has been great examples of it too, though. I forgot about the legendary 1999 King of the don't Ring. Don't do this. Yes, do it, do it. Badass Billy Gunn, baby. I know that's... I want to plug shout out. But Billy Gunn facts on uh, Twitter. They are a fantastic Twitter. and They really all, are. They're all about Billy Gunn, and they're great. Yeah, they love Billy. Uh, we love Billy, too. Um, yes, how about this? I just thought of this now. You know, Ricochet used to go by King Ricochet. That used to be his 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 gimmick. His moniker. So uh, you could revitalize I could see it, yeah. that. Well, thank you for writing in. Or I keep saying writing in. Thank you for speaking in, Dakota. Uh, it's always welcome. And anybody else who would like to uh, drop us a line and, and share and pick a bone with us. I mean, we love these. These are fun. Please do. Uh, that link will be going. We'll make sure to tweet it out and Facebook it out to everybody. Uh, with that being said, We're I believe getting elite. it's time to get elite. Yes. Shall we? Let's do it. So this yes. is Double or Nothing from May 25th, 2019 in the MGM Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. How many are on hand, Luke? 11,000 people. 11,000. They rounded. They're not like the WWE where they just make up a number. They're just like, yeah, there's approximately this many people. There's like 7,497 people here. <laughs> uh, well, and they pulled that number out of their ass, too. It's so hilarious. They just guess digits. Hey, if you didn't watch the pre-show, your first impression of AEW is going to be very interesting, by the way, because we had the dorkiest family I have ever seen in my life out there to sing the national anthem. Oh, I saw Chris that. Jackson. This guy was like old man Carlton coming out here to sing this national anthem. He it rem- was it was awkward. He reminded me of the light skinned lawyer in Boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> it was awkward, but I kinda loved it. Uh it was just like a family affair. After that, we get a little video package, and I have to say, um, we always comment on the quality of WWE's video packages. I gotta throw a bone to AEW because they're they were putting together some excellent video packages with almost no source material to go off of all night. Every video package they showed was good. And given that this was their first show, I thought they did a fantastic job putting these video I packages together. Uh, well, yeah, there was there was almost no background yeah. to 
most of these matches. Yeah, it, they, all they had was the BTE footage and like the press events, and they were yep. able to put together some really wonderful video packages. The opening one wasn't my favorite, actually. Uh, we'll get to my favorite later, but this one was I'm good. I'm sure I know which one's your favorite. Which one? Is it Cody Dustin? Yes, I love yep. that video package. Oh, of course. I was gushing about it because Luke and I course. watched it together, and I was gushing about it for like minutes to him. Yeah. Like I was just going, I was on a tangent. Uh, I went on a few of those last night, Luke. I loved it. Uh, I loved it. And uh, good old JR opens the show talking about what we're going to see on the evening alongside Excalibur and uh, oh, and Marvez. That who doesn't sound like he's going to be in the commentator role for much Curb longer. Curb Yeah, he's he's going to be out. It's going to be Shivani, JR, and Excalibur. I didn't see that coming. It's, it sounds like it, Marvez will be doing all out is what it sounds like. Oh, okay. And then Shivani will be sliding in for the weeklies and Marvez will be moving to a uh, backstage role. Is what I like backstage okay. commentator role. That that'd be perfect for him, honestly. Yeah, he Dude. has a place in AEW. It's just not in the commentary. No, it, and I don't want to disrespect the guy because I know he's a very well regarded journalist, a pro wrestling journalist. I could do better, I think. Honestly, yes, I yes. honestly think I could probably do the, better. His his he's th- terrible. He's just so awkward. Also, he's so awkward. Another thing is they locked up Golden Boys to a contract. Is that his name? The guy who did the uh, oh yeah the fighter fest good. Yeah. he was good. really good he, he was they good. locked him up too he was excellent so I'm sure we'll see him, some kind of different combinations in the future so, so Alex Marvez if you're listening I'm sorry but you ain't it dog um real, real quick yeah did you so is the lineup for the weekly shows is that gonna be Jr and Shivani it sounds like it's just gonna be Excalibur Shivani and Jr yeah oh my god but I'm not Shivani still I'm got not, it I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Like so, just by listening to his podcast and him going into the announcing tangents, he still got it, man. One thing I also will say, uh, someone who doesn't got it that much anymore, good old JR. He's okay. He Whoa. he was okay, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He was okay. Uh, the thing I noticed throughout the show is that his energy levels were just not there. I kept talking to Luke about, can you imagine if some of these moments had happened during the Attitude Era? Oh like, my God. He would be over the top, like really overselling it, and he just would, he wasn't there. I'm going to be honest, though. Yeah. I would take JR over a lot of commentators still. I probably would too. Um, name but, some. Name some? Yeah. Renee Young. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael Cole. I would take JR over Michael Cole still. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Michael Cole's got the energy. Yeah. Byron Saxton. Yeah, okay. okay. I'll give you that one. Um, I would honestly, I would keep Corey Graves on one show, but I would take him off another one for jr same because he's too okay. overexposed sure but there's four he di- needs to get off the raw commentary booth. There, there are a few wwe guys that i really like i love nigel and uh morrow morrow the best yeah. in the business man they're Dom, the best bro. two they're, they're the best two uh two play by two and i like commentators in the business. i like Corey. i just Phillips think he's good. overexposed oh yeah for sure and I don't really hate Michael Cole, but JR's voice just gets me more than Well, listen, Michael you Cole. want to talk about overexposed. Michael Cole's the definition of that over the years. Yeah, kind of. Well, Wait. wouldn't that be the same for JR, too? Yeah, kind of. Should All we right. get into wrestling? Well, Michael yeah. Cole was J- Whatever. Uh, the first match, the first ever AEW match is going to be SoCal Uncensored versus the Strong Hearts. Uh, stable from OWE. Of course, SCU is... OWE that JR does call it. OVW. Uh, OVW at one point. Twice, actually. Oh. Uh, so, SCU, if you aren't aware, is Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel himself, Frank Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, the young, the young, strapping young 35-year-old of the faction, which I thought was kind of funny. And if you must know, Christopher Daniels is 49 and Kazarian is 42. Isn't that crazy? The fallen angel is near 50 and he looks like he hasn't aged in 20 years. I know. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He really is a fallen angel, I think. Yeah. And he's still doing it at a high level. Oh, yeah. And then Strong Hearts is uh, Shima, Shima. T Hawk, 
and uh, Lindeman. 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 Uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, uh, the first thing I got to address, and this is another non-wrestling point, but again, it's this is their first show, so it's right. expected there's going to be some production hiccups. That music mix really stings. <laughs> really stings but bad. But it, it's gotten better. It's gotten better. And I'm totally willing to excuse it because this was their first pay per view right. ever. And it, yes. it does get better at each show yeah. that we've seen yeah. so far. So uh, good job for them. But it was something I had to write down. Uh, this match, really good opening match. Very Amazing. good. A uh, lot of really good spots. A lot of really really good uh, just chemistry between the two teams. Obviously, we would see Christopher Daniels and Shima kind of go off and have a decent little match. Um, I thought this was better than their singles match, though. Uh, by long ways. This was a super fun match. I mean, for a bunch of like older seasoned guys, they're moving around like cruiserweights out there. Uh, what are some spots that stuck out to you guys? And then I'll kind of piggyback off that. The huge cutter by Scorpio off Sky. Off of the... Yes. Yeah. Yes, God, that was gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the slingshot diamond cutter. Yeah. Yeah. They also had like a, a slingshot spike DDT that Kaz hit. A lot of slingshot maneuvers because I was going to say that Scorpio Sky at one point hit a beautiful... Uh, um, slingshot dropkick to Dude, Shima. How about how about the move sequence that was uh, all of the strong hearts, like four straight moves that ended up with that German suplex for a near fall. Yeah, that was to Sky, right? Yeah, and it was like every guy from the strong hearts got a spot in before we right. got that bridging German for the pinfall attempt. Um, uh, I will awesome say stuff. pre pre match though, SCU had almost a New Age Outlaws like. Uh, pro, I mean, they cut it pretty much every time. It did, it, but, so, so you had an thing. opinion. You had an they're opinion super on this. over, and yes. it's great, and I love them. Like their dialogue kind of feels a little forced to me, though. Like a little bit, which isn't necessarily like a horrible thing. But the crowd eats. The it. crowd oh, loves yeah. it, which is why I told Luke, well, if the crowd loves it, it doesn't matter. Well, right? right. But I, I think they're that way on purpose, right? Like they make oh, fun for of sure. their town, yeah, for sure. But our faces, because yeah, sure. I was going to say when, when Daniels was or. It might have been Kazarian was like, this is the worst town. This is the best worst town we've yeah, ever been to. Yeah, and then the crowd just started chanting it along with Yeah, them. yeah. Um, what did you give the match? I gave the match four stars. Okay. Uh, SCU wins in 16 minutes after a best Meltzer ever. Which I love it. Um, which is after a whole bunch of dive and shit. And uh, yeah, I gave it four stars. Thought this was the perfect way to open up the AEW uh, experience. Uh, just a really like this is what you're getting when you think AEW. I had knocked it a tiny bit because I did feel like it got. And this is always a thing with me, and we know this. When I can't keep track of who the legal man is, I get a little flustered. Uh huh. That happened a little bit to me. Didn't maybe it brought it down a quarter of a star. I loved this match, so four stars for me. Mm-hmm. So I get four stars as well. I'm a big sucker for double stomps and double knees and moves and of that sort. we got left and, and right in this the, match. Those, Shima? Shima. 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 He was doing them all match long. Yeah, and yeah. They, oh, he's so good at it. He And he does that top rope meteor, which he hit Daniels with at one point, that is just devastating. And then he went on to have a killer match with uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, oh, yeah. Fight for the Fallen. Is he, what, is he the only guy who's wrestled on all three AEW shows? Uh, has Kenny wrestled on all three? Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few guys, but he's. It's obvious that they're positioning him as like one of the jo- big time players. I think Janela too, right? He didn't. Oh yeah, because he was at the buy-in, the Battle Royale. Yeah, Battle Royale. Yeah. Yep. But he's definitely going to be up there. It looks like as one of the big, and which is he's well deserved. He's he, a great talent. He's one of those guys that I could see being not a gatekeeper to put people over, but like a guy who could have a good feud with a lower guy and bump him up by having just great matches after great matches. Yeah. All right. So I also give it four stars. Nice. I think, I think at this point, and I, I think I've said this before, so I might sound like a broken record, but the formula for an opener 
is have a car crash match with a lot of very talented people who can go 100%, 100 miles an hour for 15 yeah. minutes. It's it's the way NXT always opens their shows. Yeah. The WWE main roster could honestly start doing that now because they typically will open with like an icy title match or like mm-hmm. a singles match. I think opening sure. with a multi-man match like this, a tag team match or a four-way or three-way match really sets the tone. And to your point, well, it's like WCW. WCW always opened with a cruiserweight cru- match. Yeah, exactly. Yep, always. Exactly. How many? How long was this match, by the way? Sixteen minutes. Six, yeah. So it was perfect. It was exactly what we needed to start things off hot, and uh, the crowd loved. They it. sure did. I did too. So SCU. my question is, where does Daniels fit? Is he going to be just a, like a part-time tag team wrestler? Yes. Or do yep. you see him having feuds with other guys that maybe as? As the role of the old veteran putting people over. Little of column A, little of column B, I think. Yeah, he's definitely putting people over at this point. Right. Do you see a tag team title reign for SCU at any point? I th- I, yes. Yeah, eventually. Yes. So and you, I think so they'll free bird it. So you think Daniel, you'll see Daniels hold at least one belt in yeah. AEW? I don't ever see him being getting like a huge singles push, but right. I mean... I think those days are over as well. I think you could see this tag belt, not flip-flop, but you could see a lot of teams. And this this is a super deep tag division in They're AEW. They're so amazing. You could, I could easily see this belt going, like in that first year, to like four or five different teams. I could see it too. And I'd be just well, fine with that. Well, and dude, I don't think we gush enough about Scorpio Sky. He's great, man. He He's is great. just insane. And whenever, I mean, not that Daniels and Kaz don't still have it. Uh, they fly. But... Whenever like there's a there's a little lull in the match, Scorpio Sky comes in and he's just he's a spark plug, like he just absolutely sets it on fire out there. Yeah, he really does. Bumps he was like awesome crazy, here. Does yeah. does everything. Yeah. Uh. So that was that. A really good match to open the show. Up next, Allie is in the booth to provide some looking good r- and a crimson bosom shots. dress uh, with the bosom shot to provide some enthralling commentary for the next match. Uh, he's lying. It was bad. Which is going to be Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. The first. Uh, excuse me. Ever. Doctor. Doctor. Baker, Baker. DMD. The yeah. first ever women's match in AEW. But before we can get started with that, here comes. The chief brandy officer, Brandy Rhodes, she takes off her jacket. She's got ring gear on. Everyone thinks, oh, is she going to put herself in the match? Please, God, no. Uh, No. She says, I don't want this match to be great. great. I want it to be awesome. And uh, at that point, I don't know why the crowd in Las Vegas didn't instantly pop, but they waited for the name. And of course... It's Awesome Kong. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. Uh, I remember watching gonna be, it. It was the, either going to be her or The Miz. The, <laughs> imagine if The Miz got put in the match. Uh, <laughs> the first time I was watching it, I like instantly popped when she said, I want it to be awesome. I knew what was yeah, happening at same. that point. Yeah. I was kind of surprised the Las Vegas crowd took so long. But here comes Awesome Kong. Uh, uh, at one point during Britt Baker's entrance, I have to say, JR made fun of Oklahomans, which I appreciated. He said that a DMD is a dentist for all my friends in Oklahoma. So, so that was a good. That was a good. That was a good little zinger by JR. So here's so with Dr. Britt Baker, it's obvious that they're like trying to position her as a top top female wrestler. I don't. I know that she has a degree in dentistry. I just don't think that she needs to make that a gimmick. Like she could have had the same entrance, wore the same outfit, even though it's like dentistry based, and had a completely different backstory, and I would have believed it. Like the the, the dentist thing doesn't add anything to me, and it doesn't feel. I don't know. I don't. That's like kind it. of like I don't like it. That's kind. You you can kind of knock the entire women's division for that at this point. Though. Yeah, like none weak. of them really have a it's story weak. yet. They right. have a lot of talent. They just have to kind of piece it together into a storyline but i think also Britt baker has been doing this for years yeah on the independence yeah that's true and that's like the big thing i know in her contract one of the things is she has to still be able to work at the dentist yeah, that's office true. 
So I think that's that's a so bit, wild. She doesn't need to be pulling people's teeth or anything to Luke's credit. Like, sure, I don't need to see that. Right, but, but I think it is kind of a cool, a cool. I have no problem with the name. Yeah, yeah. Also, I just am ready for her to have a real storyline because she is mm-hmm. phenomenal. She's, She's great. very good. Uh, Kylie Ray also little um, over the top for me is is Bailey on crack and meth and heroin. I hope she's doing okay. By the uh, way, she's kind of been right a wall in AW since Double or Nothing, and I understand yeah. she had some issues. So hopefully she's okay. But the character um, is a little too over the top for me. She's great, but, but here's 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 my opinion with that, and I guess I can we can elaborate more. If she was a heel with this over the top gimmick, she could be more like a almost a Joker esque. Yeah, we were gimmick. talking about that last night. She, that could be amazing. She just smiles through the beatdown. That could be amazing. Just pissing off the baby face, right? Like she doesn't stop. So yeah, so you could do that. But, but we can we can get to it. Uh, what did you guys think of this match before we give our star ratings? Um, I didn't. I didn't like it. See, I liked it a lot. Oh, see, I was just kind of. I liked mad. it. It wasn't a work rate match. It was. It was um, definitely a match to show you uh, how good Britt Baker is and how good Nyla Rose is, because the whole story of this match was the two littler women trying to take out Awesome Kong and Nyla Rose. Uh, we briefly got the face off between Kong and Rose. It never really paid off until the end when Nyla Rose killed herself and killed Awesome Kong in the stairs. I gotta say, I was not necessarily a fan of Nyla Rose going into the show. I didn't know a ton about her, but man, she converted me. I am on the Nyla Rose bandwagon. I think she's great. She's great. Uh, I-, I do think they have a bit of a big lady problem in AEW. Like, there's a lot of big ladies. I'm interested to see how they all will fit going forward. I don't really see Awesome Kong as being like a a piece going forward uh so i think if you could she's kind of position the enforcer. yeah she's i think if you position these. nyla rose as that giant force that's great because she was portrayed like that she had some big spots at one point she like leapt onto the top rope from the apron for a woman of her size wow like that was so right. cool i mean she did, had a did. double samoan drop at one point she was on fire um ultimately the win goes to Britt Baker by pinfall in 11-10 on a messy Ushiguroshi to uh, Kylie Ray. I did like this match a lot. It wasn't perfect. What'd you give it? I gave it 3.25. I just think for a story match, it did a really good job at establishing Baker as a star and a really good job at establishing Rose as a monster. What did you guys think? So I do agree that it made Baker look like a star and it Kong and Rose look like monsters. Yep. I gave it two and a half. Mm. I was just not into it. There was some botchy stuff at the beginning that kind of took yeah, me it out did, of it. Yeah, it did. That, the, it there just, were some botches. That's fair. And the botches kind of took me out of it early, and then it just seemed to drag. And all these women have redeemed themselves for this match to me. Uh, Nyla Rose had a killer match. Yeah. Uh, I forget who she wrestled off the top of my head, but it was fantastic. It was uh, It was two of the ladies in the next or in the other women's oh, match. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. It was... Uh, it was Yuka Sakazaki, and I believe Riho was the other one. Yep, yes, that match was fantastic. It was very good. So I gave it two and a half. I totally wasn't into it. Um, some of the botches got me out early, but there's big futures for a lot of these talent. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I gave it three and a quarter. Uh, I mean, maybe it was because Zach and I were watching together, but... I think you're going to see a lot of similar A little ratings, bit of bias, right? but I really enjoyed it. Um, I think... You're exactly on point. Nyla Rose looked great. But Awesome Kong did a great job at reminding us why she's been this badass in the industry for so long. Yeah, at one point... There was a Tower of Doom Yeah, spot. she was she was the bottom lady on this huge Tower of Doom uh, where she came out on top of that. And then eventually, she took a big bump in this match when Rose speared her into the steps. And, uh, that was nuts. Of course, it killed both of them for the rest of the match. But Kong Ky- did what she needed. And I know we haven't talked about Kylie's wrestling. Like There was a couple botches, but she's got a sick super kick. I'll say that. I had an issue with the fact that nobody was selling these. Because Baker had a few massive super yep. kicks, too. And they weren't selling them. 
which is an issue with this indies in general. Uh, So hopefully they can work that out. But there was this one point when Rose like, or when Kylie Ray like knocked Brute Baker's head off with a super kick, and she just popped right back up. Also, that bugged me a lot. I think the Ushiguroshi might like it looked like it screwed Kylie up. I don't know if we ever got a report like why she's has we haven't seen her. I Nobody think, knows. I think it's mental with I don't think it's an injury. I think she's having like some mental problems. Okay. I'm not sure like, don't quote me on that, but that's what it sounds like it is. So hopefully she's okay. So here's my question. Yeah. All right. right. WWE women you cannot use. Okay. So don't okay. don't answer with like Sasha Banks or Becky Lynch. Okay. Is this another like only give us a name questions? You you can explain this one. Okay. Who do you want to see in the women's roster? Give me one name. But don't tell me Becky Lynch or something or I'll kill you. Tessa Blanchard. That, I was going to say Tessa Blanchard or Jordan Grace. I want Tessa Blanchard to come in. and this, I'm going to fantasy book a little bit here, if that's okay. Okay. I want Tessa Blanchard to come in. I want MJF to turn on Cody on Saturday. We talked about that. And I want Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, MJF, and Tessa to form like a mega four horse people stable and just run AEW for yep, a while. Yep, I God. love that. That's what I want to see. Luke, what about you? Who do you want to see? Good God. Did I steal your answer? Oh, yeah, totally. I think, everybody, the other way. I but, think everybody's going to go Tessa. I mean, Jordan Grace would be amazing, right? But it kind of goes to what you were saying. Big big girl problem. Too many big girls. But Jordan Grace. She's great. She's the future, she's man. She's amazing. She's so, the future of women's wrestling. I said Tessa and I said Jordan. But AJ Lee's another one I would like to oh, see. Oh, yeah. Ju- just for maybe a one-off match. Yeah. Is she? Has she even wrestled since WWE? Nope. Oh. I'd like to see that. Maybe we'll get a double dose on Saturday. Maybe we'll get a little punk and a little Stop bleed. getting my hopes you up. You never know. Oh, also, um, good old, as the finish was botched, uh, Kylie was clearly just like, like, oh talking. Yeah, so Kylie, so Kylie Ray was talking to Britt Baker after the match. At, at, Instead at of ignoring pin. it like a commentator should do and just not say anything about it, Marvez has to go, she's so out of it, she's talking to herself. And it's like, shut up, just don't acknowledge it, you yeah, weirdo. That bugged me a lot. Damn it, Alex. Uh, shall we move on? Yes. Another tag team match, uh, or another multi-person match, I should say. There you go. Uh, we're going to wait a while for a singles match on this card. This one is the best friends, Chucky e. Taylor and uh, Trent Beretta versus Ange- Angelico and Jack Evans the out Prince of P-Town. Yeah. Hey, before we start, do you remember when Trent was in WWE in like... 2010, 2011. Vaguely. Not at he all. was he was like vaguely. He was just kind of there. Yeah. And he is just killing it now. He's a guy that's like been flirting with the main event even in New Japan, like flirted with the main event scene a few times but never gotten there. Not be- I don't think it's because of a lack of talent. I don't know what it is cuz he's I, great. I think I mean, he's just a better tag team wrestler. Of yeah, that all could these be four guys, he's got the look. Oh right? yeah, he's 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 cut. He's a great worker. Rugged. Uh, you know, both every all four some, people in this match are just like fantastic workers. Listen, though. I gotta say though, Angelico and Jack Evans are both great workers, but Angelico looks like he should be fronting an, an emo band somewhere. They're somewhere. both so goofy, and Jack Evans just looks like he should be playing the Joker at my school. Jack play. Evans, Jack Evans, <laughs> no, here's Jack. Evans. Jack Evans looks like the guy that tries to bum cigarettes for you out back at the local bodega. That's that's what Jack Evans. <laughs> I love him, but I mean, he's a little rough around the edges, if you know what he's I'm saying. He's just very skinny. He's tiny. Uh, we're just playing, but they are great workers, and again, another good. Tag team match. Another good multi-person match to can start I, this card off. Can I get uh, your opinions, uh, Kyle? Because Zach thinks that uh, Angelico and Jack Evans like are pretending to be cool and unintentionally are just looking like goofy idiots. They're I, so goofy. I think they're intentionally looking like goofy idiots and they know how silly they look. They're trying to be cool. I, I'm with Luke. I think they're, they're dressing goofy 
So people... When they just act goofy. Listen, there's this craze, right? Yes. Where you dress goofy and people are going to like you. Look at Cam Newton. Look at Russell Westbrook. That like Rompers. Yeah, they gain fanfare by being out there, right? Mm -hmm. True. So I think what these two guys are doing are acting and dressing goofy because people like it. So you think I'm just missing the boat on what's actually going on? Yeah, and and I think... I think if they were just wearing black trunks and black tights, people are going to be like, eh, I don't want to really watch these yeah, guys. No, no yeah. one could but ever get over that. You guys like might that. be right. But you, but you see a guy wearing a highlighter outfit that looks like a highlighter, and they're like, huh. Hey, I have, look at this. I, have an, I have a somewhat related question. When are they going to get like a real tag team name? Because they've been tagging together for years. And yeah. They've always just been Angelico and Jack Evans. they got to be some kind of cool name. I don't know, hey, My doesn't. Chemical Romance or something? Oh, there you go. That's good. <laughs> so, another good match, like I said. Uh, I like, at one point, Angelico kicks Trent Breda so hard that he starts selling his foot. Did you, you know, I know Luke noticed it. Did you notice that? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, I loved that. Uh, there's a falcon arrow to Jack Evans for a near fall by Chucky e. T. And I love that as they're doing it, Excalibur's like, no one kicks out of this. And then he's like, oh, but it just happened. I would like to see that become like a thing. When he hits the Falcon Arrow forever, yeah. Well, like every time he hits the Falcon Arrow, nobody kicks out of this, and he kicks out every time. Isn't but Chuck Chuck Taylor like yells after that near fall. He was like, "No yeah. one kicks out of the Falcon Arrow." So I think yeah. that's has anyone seen a lot of Chuck Taylor matches? I mean, I don't recollect that necessarily being a thing. Like, I've seen my fair share. It has to be a thing. If the announcer says it, then he says it. Like it has to be a thing. I think it's just kind of it was known as a finisher, and yeah. now it's just yeah. kind of a setup move. Um, I want to point out there's a really cool crucifix cutter combo. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I actually I think it was Angelico and Evans that hit it, but they threw him up in the air and then they gave him a cutter in the air and it's awesome. Man, the best friends are they work so well as a team. The whole and they're over. I love the whole story of them trying to hug and eventually they just clean house and they get the hug and the crowd goes nuts. nuts. Uh, eventually the end does come and we hit a what was this called? Well, we got Ev- Jack Evans hit a six forty for a near fall. Right after that, uh, the best friends get the upper hand. What was this move called? The tag team crusher. Yes, it was like also, a, it was like a dead it was like a dead shot if he if there was a second man involved. There was the also like a doomsday device before that that Excalibur called like a doomsday Chucky knee. Yeah, yeah doomsday Chucky knee, which Trent hit, which I think he hit one to Luke the other day in the in the pool. No, you didn't hit me. Well, maybe you did. Um. So yeah, and the best friends end up going over with the tag team crusher. Another really fun match. I gave it three point seven five stars. It was a twelve minute and thirty five second affair. What did you guys think? I gave it four stars. Nice. This kept. This is one of those matches that, as I'm watching it, I don't want it to end. I'm not going to be dorky and chant fight forever, but <laughs> like I'm sitting there watching it, and then when it's over, I'm like, "Damn, that was like five minutes." Yeah, and it I felt lo- like it was like that. And then I look down, I'm like, "Oh wow, that's been a long time." I really like the best friends a lot, and I think they I should be a huge focus. Of I the think tag they should division. be the first AW Tag Team Champions, personally. That. I like that. I think they're great. I think they have all the chemistry, and they're great workers. And Chuck Chucky e. T is like a deceptively good worker. If you looked well, at that man, you you wouldn't exactly. think he could do the things he could do. He's excellent. He looks like he should be in our friend group. He's just an average Joe <laughs> right? looking dude. Yep. What would you, you give it? Uh, I gave it three and three quarters. I don't think this match had exactly the same energy as the opener, um, but it mirrored it in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, absolute spot fest the best friends are amazing as we've been saying and helico's impressive but to me uh to me jack evans stole the show 
because yeah, that he was dude, going, he was going, that ham. dude was bumping. He was flying everywhere, going absolutely apeshit. Do you guys remember him on Wrestling Society X? Like, no, I remember that, on Lucha Underground. Wrestling Society X was way long ago. Yeah, it was on MTV, right? Yeah, and I remember that's my first exposure to Jack Evans, and I like fell in love. I with see. Him I remember Tyler Black on Wrestling Society X, but I do not remember. Jack I remember Evans Jack Evans, and I I added him on MySpace. Nice. Um. So post match, the Dark Order runs in. Or the lights go out. They come up. Here's the Dark Order. Who? Uh, the Dark Order. Who? The Dark Order. The they... Super Smash Brothers, okay? Thank you. Uh, they're in the ring. Uh, unfortunately, there's a Who Are You chant. And this is when I really noticed JR's energy level really lacking. Because he should have been freaking out. And he was just like, what oh. What the hell? Yeah, he should have been cloning classic JR. And he was just like, oh, no. Somebody stop them. Uh, if you aren't aware, the Dark Order are like kind of like the be- the bad guys. And then they're, they got a bunch of minions. And they beat up. That let them sit on them. It's kind of a weird gimmick, but I kind of dig it. I dig it. it. Oh, I like it. So, so my question then. Yeah. Who wins Sunday, the Dark Order or the Best Friends? I think you just keep the Best Friends train a rolling. I'm, you don't really want to give the Dark Order a loss yet either. So here's my thing. This is a turn. This is not the tournament match. This is to get a buy in the tournament. So I say you give it to the Dark Order. Okay. I think I think like you said. That's a good point. I think you said earlier the Best Friends need to win this tournament, but I think they're already in it. So right. So they're already in it, so they can lose this match. That's true. And eventually you could get to the end and have the Dark Order versus the best friends in the finals. That's a good And point. that way the best friends can be the underdogs going in and then win the match. Yep. I completely right. agree I like with that. that. I'm on, that's what I want to see happen. I changed so, my answer. So Dark Order? Yeah, Dark Order. Luke? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it has to be because they have to be shown as dominant. Right. Especially it, if they got a storyline they're going to continue. They need to be the top, like, the the. Big bad guys that just beat the shit they out of people. They won it, fight for the fallen, so they yep. have to want to know. I mean, their gimmick is too extreme and too over the top evil for them not to be the best heel tag team. Right. And if they're really making like the win loss record a big deal, if the Dark Order is to win, I believe that would make both teams two and one. So I mean, did there the you Dark go. the Dark Order? Oh no, I'm sorry. That would make the Dark Order two and zero, oh, and uh, the best friends two and one. So yes. still, you know, you'd give them both two wins. So yeah, I, I'm on board with that. Uh, up next, we get another multi-person match. Uh, this one's going to be a th- uh, six-women tag team match, three-on-three. Three. You want me to name these people? I, I got it. I got okay, it. It's going to okay. be Riho, Ryo Mizunami, and Hikaru Shida versus the legendary Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, who I am... Uh, mm. What? I said it right? Okay. Yuka Sakazaki. There you go. And uh, Emi Sakura. My favorite lady in this match uh, was Yuka Sakazaki. I think she was the standout, especially if you saw her work at Fighter Fest. She is great, and she's over. Unfortunately, this was my least favorite match on this card uh, by a decent by a decent margin. Uh, it wasn't botchy or anything. I just had no investment in any of these ladies going in. They didn't give me a reason to care about them, so it was just a match in the middle of this card. I was already ready for a singles match and something that had a bit more depth to it. This didn't have any of that. Uh, you know, you guys know me. I'm a guy so, who likes story in my matches. This had none of it. It was a well worked. It wasn't a bad match, right? It was a it was a well worked match outside of the little timekeeper deciding to ring the bell for no reason at the end yeah, of the match. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, it was a well worked match. These ladies were just kicking the shit out of each other the whole time. To me, I just wasn't invested. I was starting to snooze a little bit during this match. They didn't give me a reason to care. I, I they beat the hell out of each they other. They did, and there was some very impressive stuff that I saw in this match, right? I don't think Aja Kong should be wrestling. She, nope, I would have, not. I would have guessed she was seventy. She's only forty-eight. Dude, uh, also she bumps like a hundred-year-old oak. 
listen, she she was great in her day. Oh yeah. But she's moving worse than Hulk Hogan. In oh, she days. can't hardly walk. It was kind of sad. And I think I think she held this match down. I think it was great that they gave her this match. Mm-hmm. Right. And I never want to see her in AEW again though. Now. And I we're going to, but. Um, I would really try to do like limit this because I'm kind of seeing that WWE and like the 55 year old guys going. I don't want to see that here. No. Do you think? And I'm just spitballing here. Do you think we're gonna get a battle of the Kongs? I yes. hope not. I think we are. And that's I, yeah. setting because they've already had that stare down. Yeah, they already had the stare that's down. That's set. Oh man, I don't want to see that. Match, and and though. Aja was the influence for Awesome Kong's name, right? Like, I believe so. I'm certain, so sure, I, yeah. I I don't want to see that. I respect everything she's done. She. Did not look great here. Everybody else carried this match. Yeah. I just don't need to see her again. Um, again, this this like I said, this wasn't a bad match. There was a little bit of buffoonery happening when a trash can gets involved later. That was a bit silly, right in front of the ref. She was turned around, but still. And eventually, I mean, the thing everybody remembers from this match, outside of the Yuka Sakazaki dive to the outside, that was great. Oh, that was fantastic. Was the uh, the timekeeper ringing the bell after a clear two count? Uh, Aubrey Edwards didn't signal for the bell. She signaled two. The timekeeper. Just decides to ring the bell. They even start playing yeah, the, the truck, music briefly. Yeah, the truck for a split second uh, plays music. So a little bit of a botch there. I'm not. It doesn't really so drag the match you give it? for me. I give it. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, oh. sh- who is this? Uh, Hikaru Shida gets the pinfall with a running knee in 13 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, I give the match 2.75. Wasn't bad, but like I said, I had zero investment in it. I gave it three and a quarter actually. Uh, I did really enjoy because they were just beating the hell out of each other. There was some cool. Cool uh, outside maneuvers. Um, yeah, I really liked it. So I just don't want to see Aja Kong again. I think if it was somebody else in this match in her place, like if they would have used the awesome Kong in this match, maybe, this would have been even better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Luke, what did you think? I'll meet you guys in the middle. I'll go three stars. There we go. Um, a boy. Here is my first note. Why should I care about any of these people? Yuka Sakazaki is a living anime character. Ryo, <laughs> She's great, though. No, no, no. I'm going to gush about it. Okay, okay. Ryo Mazunami is a punk rocker. Emi Sakura is dressed like Freddie Mercury. And then there's Aja Kong, who is 48 years old. And just to remind you, that's the same age as Chris Jericho, and that's a year younger than Christopher Daniels. She looks just a tad older than that. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Just a tad. Um, and Aja also almost killed Riho with a back suplex. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, but, she like Rio did like a little bit of an extra rotation on it and landed like on her head. That could have been bad. Um, there were some cool spots, quite a few botches as well. And the th- the biggest thing to me is you forget like just how good some of the WWE announcers are with how much background they give on. Yeah, characters. I could have. I was desperate to for character development. I was desperate to have a reason to care about these ladies, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it throughout the whole match. You know, as as far as some of the indies go, like I'm I'm pretty casual, um, and so like oh, they're from OWE, right? The OWE girls. A few of them. Yeah. I, I don't even know, dude. Yeah. They didn't tell me. So like so like I mean even randomly. Like, it was uh, Hikaru Shida hit a running knee on Emi Sakura, and they just were like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Hikaru's mentor. And it's like, how would I know that? They just how dropped it in the middle of the match. I was like, okay, thanks for yeah. setting that up for me ahead of time. And so That they, could have been a story. That could exactly, have been something. Exactly. There was just no backstory given. That's what brought it down for me and Aja. Hey, do you guys, if you guys want to match, oh, do you have a discussion topic, Kyle? I do have a discussion let's question. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, you can just do one word. You can explain. Was there anybody in this match that you – 
liked enough to see in a singles program for the title in the future. Yuka Sakazaki. I think I already kind of yep. hinted at I, it. Yeah, yes. I know yes. Luke did too, and that was that was who I picked too. I thought she looked fantastic. Yeah. And did you see her match? You saw her match at Fighter Fest. Yes, I did. Excellent. That was against yep. Riho too. Yep. Uh, and uh, just fantastic, so, fantastic stuff. I mean, she really is like a living. She's just over the top, larger yeah. than life anime character. It works though. It's, it's so hard to explain. So much energy. She dresses like a genie. And yeah. So much energy, and yeah. she's just she's magic so in the ring. Yeah. And she has this like, she has this charisma about her that's kind of hard to explain. But she, I don't know, she's really charming, and I just I like that about her. And she's a good wrestler. Um, speaking of matches with story, if you want that, guys, up next. Got it in spades. Oh boy! Up mm, next, this mm, match mm, is mm. exhausting for all the right reasons. But first off, uh, Marvez said maybe the stupidest thing I've ever heard a commentator say in oh. my entire life. Oh. What he's trying to do is he's trying to illustrate how well Jim Ross knows Cody and uh, and Dustin Rhodes. And he says, JR, I'm surprised you didn't take Cody home from the hospital. I'm surprised you did. Why would JR have taken Cody home from the hospital? This is Dude. also at the point where JR says, I'm just kind of lost right now. <laughs> yeah. So this, 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 this announcer sequence was a disaster. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there again. I think Jr. has a place, right? Oh, for sure. He was fine. It Ex- wasn't bad. He's complimentary. Ex- Excalibur yeah. needs to be leading this team. Yeah. And Marvez needs to be replaced by either Shivani or Golden Boy. And then put him backstage because he has a place too. To be fair, I know I'm just dumping on the guy. He has a place. He's a good journalist. He'd be a perfectly serviceable backstage announcer, I think. Yes. You put him back there, and I think that's what we'll see. But again, and again... This is their first show together. There's going to be kinks. I don't want to harp on the announcing too much, but man, I thought that line was just funny. It was funny to me. Like, why would JR have taken... Anyways. It's almost like looking at me and saying, hey, you know Zach's kids so well. Why didn't you why take didn't them you home take, from the yeah, hospital? Why didn't you take Amelia home from the hospital, dude? They're, they're not my kids. Yeah. It, uh, did you notice that? Or was <laughs> Good that, point. Yeah. At any rate... Uh, we get a fantastic video package. It gave me chills. Uh, for Cody and Dustin Rhodes. And again, they had nothing to work off of except for one BTE, and that was it. Can, and they put together one of the best video packages I've ever seen. Can I point something out? Please. On that being the elite, where they had the big the promo. The Cody Rhodes promo? The shoot from the hip. Yeah. That was the most chilling, Oh yeah. beautiful promo I have seen in a long, long time. Those, that, that might be the best promo I've ever seen. Something about those BTE wow. promos when you've got like the black screen because they did the same thing with Brain. Right. Uh, it just like it just and you just let the guys go. But the and girls, the like Cody's sitting there and talking about how he and he's wants, starting to tear up towards the end of the and, promo. And he says, and you see that animal, your wounded animal, and you it was great. You, sh- you pull from the hip and you put it out of its misery, like, like. It gave me chills yeah, listening man. to it, and it was a lost art form yeah, man. that nobody else could do. I might have teared up the first time I saw it. I did. I did. I was just like, holy the shit. The first time I saw that promo, and this video package just takes that and accentuates it. There's a, there's a lot of really subtle touches. Like, Cody has like a certain vibe to his on-screen presence and then when right. you get to dustin it there's like a golden filter over the screen there's like an old like regrettable folk song playing right it just really like it's really like one last ride for dustin you know it really paints him as being this like when it like accentuates his wrinkles yeah it's, yeah. it's brilliant and i'm gonna it, guys be, it's brilliant i'm gonna be honest when they announced dustin was facing cody at first i was like yeah this is awesome and then i was like man this is gonna suck yeah this might be bad this might be bad and then i watched that promo and i was like I can't wait. This is awesome. So, I'll I've seen this match 
two. This is my third time seeing this match. Me too. Luke, I didn't mean to cut you off. Can, what's your thought? This you is the this fifth year? match on the main card. It's our first singles. First singles match. I was begging for a singles match at this point. Yep. This this card was very much. It was it was built smartly in one way or two ways that you had the matches all were at least ten minutes long, which I liked, and the matches got progressively longer. There were a few exceptions, but. If you look at the trend of match times, it's going upwards. Uh, but it was kind of built like a New Japan card, where like the first half of the cards like undercard tag team matches, and then until you get to like the juicy stuff later. Uh, but I was definitely happy to see a singles match here. Uh, so as I was saying, I'd seen this. This is the third time I've seen this match. First time I had really looked at it critically. I I loved the match before, but something about being in that moment last night and taking notes. Yes. This was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Oh, I'm with you. This was this is up there with like Kurt Angle, Shawn Mike, Shawn Michaels, and I was telling Luke about it. Like, there's two, there's two five star match calibers, right? Story and match. There's the big high spot, crazy, brutal, uh, you know, flippy, just balls to the wall, hundred miles an hour, thirty minute masterpiece. Then there's what this was. It had good spots, but this was such an emotional. I was it was draining to watch this match. It was. It was emotionally exhausting in all the best ways. It's a five star match. I almost gave it five point five. I almost went Dave Meltzer. He almost I got the, it, it, I, I, I got the better of it. This is my favorite match we've looked at, I think, on this podcast. Uh, this might be my favorite match of all time. This yeah, it's crazy that my two favorite matches I've ever watched have happened this year. Cause you got to see I got to see Will Ospreay Amazing, Amazing Red, Red and Will Ospreay. So that's my all-time favorite match. That's because I was there. and Right. Wow. I can't wait to watch it in September, dude. Um, I am kind of a little bummed Amazing Red worked the next few shows because I wanted that to be his retirement. Yeah. But that's all right. But, no, this is my second – this might be my second favorite match of all time. I sh- Actually, Sean and Kurt actually – I don't know. They're, they're, Amazing Red and Will Ospreay. This and Sean and Kurt are they probably my three place. three favorite matches yeah. of all time. And I think it's interesting because I, mean, I haven't seen the match, but was the Amazing Red and Will Ospreay, was it that high spot crazy? It was. It, it was, had to be, right? It was a little of that and a little of this. Oh, that's awesome. Because there was a lot of, can Amazing Red kick out of this? Yeah. Can Amazing Red keep yeah. up with Will? Uh, there was some like slaps. Like, nice. Like Red would be trying to get up and then he would just smack him on the back. Osprey, Osprey played the heel, the heel. Perfect. So, but smack him on the back of the head, and then, I am so I don't want to say proud of Will Osprey because I don't know him, but the way <laughs> you'd be proud of him, dude. I'm proud of you. The way, thanks, man. The way his character has, ha, the way his character has evolved and actually, really, but he's become not to get too far off track, but the way he's become this like really like self substantial character and not just a high spots guy. Man, if he can just keep working on that character a little bit more, yeah, we're gonna think he's of him only as one of, one of the best of all time. When he's only twenty-six. Over. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, this match, though, if you haven't seen, I mean, there's too much to even go through. If you somehow haven't seen this match, find it, buy it on Fight, buy it on Bleacher Bleacher Report TV, find a stream. Just what? F- nothing. Oh, okay. Find this match, guys. This is one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. There's so much going on. Early on, they're kind of. St- uh, Cody Rhodes does the Stardust thing. Goldust that kind of, was funny. Co- Goldust does some old awesome. school Goldust stuff. He also mocks the Stardust thing. Uh, the match just goes on. Uh, Brandy Rhodes gets involved at one point, which causes Jr. to have maybe my favorite call of the night. What kind of damn? What the hell kind of damn family is this? The way he said that was beautiful. Like that was a vintage, great call. Vintage. Great call. And then at one point, Dustin Rhodes starts bleeding like he's been shot in the head. Oh my god! And he's he, gushing. And uh, Cody Rhodes, to his credit, takes full advantage of this. He smears the blood across his chest oh like, a, like a warrior. And this, and it just goes from there. Uh, 
uh, Dustin hits a Canadian Destroyer at one point in the corner of the ring. Uh, it wasn't like the full like it was kind of like he was coming out of the Panama right. Sunrise, it, but still, a fifty year old man doing that. Can I point out something else? Yeah, Brandy speared the shit out of Dustin Rhodes outside the ring. Yeah, and then guess who comes out? DDP, the master of the diamond cutter. Comes Not before out. we get the the really classic the injection Earl by Earl Hebner. Yeah, and then the master of the diamond cutter comes out and takes uh, takes him away. Yeah. Uh, Again, there's so much to go to to, to break down in this match. It, well, it's I fantastic. Mean, it's 20. How long is this match? It goes uh, 20. I want to say. Hold on, I'm getting there. Oh, how long was this match? I didn't write it down. I think it, was it was like 23, 24, 22. 24 yeah, it felt longer than that, but not in a bad way. Right. If it just not felt like an epic, way. it was just an epic battle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, eventually, uh, Cody Rhodes hits like the third. Uh, cross They're roads. both hitting crossroads. They're both hitting crossroads. Dustin hits this really interesting variation of it when like he like suplex lifts cross. him up into like a suplex or DDT position and then crossroads him. Eventually, Cody hits the final crossroads and he wins the match in about 24 minutes. Five stars. Five stars. I, I, we've, Easiest five stars I've ever seen. There was easy, also a vertebraker in that yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, this match, so good. After the match is when it really picks up, though. Well, Oh, go ahead, Luke. I mean, I mean pre-match, like... The I I people hate on it. The cliche spot where Cody has the throne. Oh, he breaks the that throne. represents the Attitude Era and uh, low key Triple H. Um, and he takes a sledgehammer and bashes it. Like people hate on that, but I love that. Oh, I loved it too. I, I thought it was great. I think both guys' entrances were amazing. Although I wish uh, Dustin Rhodes came out to. We talked about this more like a remorseful, like old man Johnny Cash type of music. Um, yeah, I, I so Dustin Rhodes' theme music is just a literal ripoff of uh, Basket Case. Yeah, it or w- no, not Basket Case. Whatever uh, that's Brain song Stew. Is. Brain Stew. I'm sorry, yeah. I had it written down by Green Day. It, the only difference is so Brain Stew goes da 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 da, and and this one goes da 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 da. It goes up at the end instead of down. That's the only difference. Um, I just wanted to point out, I, I uh, I said this to my friend Robbie the other day. No, it wasn't Robbie. I don't know who I said this to. He should have came out to Hurt by Johnny Cash. He meant, yep. uh, Luke mentioned that yep. song by name. He should have came out to a song, that song or a song like that, right? Like yeah. a regretful, folky, like whatever acoustic one, song. Whatever one Taker came out to that one time as well. Yeah. That's God's Gonna Cut You Down. Yeah. I love yeah. that song. Um, So I want to ask you guys, and I'm going to go first on my question here, because Zach already kind of told you this, so I don't want you to steal my answer. Go ahead. What's next for Dustin Rhodes? And now I'm going to tell you what I would do for Dustin Rhodes. Go ahead. This weekend, somebody is going to be in Cody's corner against Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. There was a poll out on AEW's Twitter page, and it was Diamond Dallas Page, Brandy Rhodes, or MJF. Who's going to corner Cody Rhodes? Dustin should have been one of those choices. That's It's ridiculous Dustin was not one of those choices. Um, I think there should be a, like a BTE or segment backstage where Cody's trying to pick who it is. Dustin wants to go. MJF makes a big fuss about it. Cody picks MJF, right? Ref gets turned, distracted by Tully Blanchard. MJF lays him out. Out from the back comes Dustin Rhodes. That could set up. Dustin saves the day. DDP and Dustin can come out too. And then you could set up Dustin and Cody with DDP versus MJF and Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard for a future AEW show. And I think that would be a fantastic main event. Book it, dude. Book it. I'm on board. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to come up with a different answer, though. Uh, Otherwise, I would have stolen that from you, by the way. Yeah, I knew you were going Uh, to because I I went into it. The other day, first of all, me and Zach talk to each other more than we talk to our own wives. It's true. And, like, I'll be sitting at work, like, at my desk at a slow period, and I will just start 
booking stuff to Zach. And I will just start sending him message after message after message after message, like booking a whole storyline and a whole few. I'm always into him. Though. Yeah, it's actually always. Zach and our friend Jonathan. I do it to him too. But that was one I came up with the other day, and I just think it's perfect. I think it's brilliant. Um, for me, that's that's optimally what I would want to see. But I'll go a different direction. I think give him like a year. Over, I think he still has a year left in him. Don't have him be a full-time guy. Have him give him those emotionally charged storylines. Obviously, you can't touch Cody and Dustin. That's like a once in a that's a once in a generation feud and a once in a generation match. Give him a more emotionally charged storylines with other guys in You're the card. You could book him with Spears. Yeah, Just and have him have him put everyone he works with over for like a year. He eventually gets a retirement match. And he rides off into the sunset. I think he's in that perfect place to just be putting guys over. If he can put on a match half as good as he did with Cody, he will be headlining pay-per-views for the next year. So that's what I would do with him. I'm going to let Luke answer, and then I'm going to ask one more thing about Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, please. Okay. Um, I don't see I don't see a year-long run out of Dustin. I see longer. Really? Really? Yeah, really. He's still got it, man. I mean, yeah, he definitely does, and it shows. It shows that uh, when he's given the opportunity and the right storytelling, that he can make absolute magic. Wait. Speaking of, I just thought of this. Speaking of the, he still got it. There was dueling. Uh, you still got it. Never lost it. Chance in this match that I really. They were liked. chanting that amazing ride the other day. Oh, that's awesome. Really? So, uh, I I, I want to go on a tangent about a couple of those chants, but yeah, I, I think I think Dustin. He's got a couple more high-profile matches. I think that that's a great way to go with uh, kind of being Cody's savior. Him and Sean Spears could have a nice little feud. Um, and if you want to get mega heat on Sean Spears, he could be the one who retires him. But, there you go, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, or MJF, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God, MJF's so good. Um, he is. But so with the fight, with excuse me, with the um, You Still Got It, I can't remember whose podcast I heard it on, but I've heard it multiple times. Like, that is that is the chant that the wrestlers like hate the most really because yeah because it's 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 implying that they lost it at some point right that's why i was so glad and to so, have the never lost it dueling but one of my theories is that whenever there's a fight forever chant like I hate that, that to, one to me Do you I, really i, I know you, i know you hate it but to it. me that's what signifies a five-star match like that's once it hits that point it's like that is in contention for See, a five-star I love the match. fight forever the chant. moment you hear that yeah i don't like them but anyway oh, okay, um, this, this match was so fucking here, one more question. Yeah. Do you think Dustin eventually gets in the WWE Hall of Fame when he retires? Oh. Or do you think there's going to be a little bit of sour grapes? No, he not gets into the WWE he Hall of Fame okay. the first year that he can. Okay. I mean, pr- I'm surprised he's not in it already. Uh, okay. But, yeah, that was a good question, though. Um, because they can be a little bit picky. I will say, though, even even in this, like, this was perfect to start from start to finish. Even when moves didn't connect all the way, it still felt like it added to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Like it, that's it's just such a weird thing that you wouldn't say about ninety nine percent of matches. This was one of like the rare times where like I f- have one hundred percent become invested in what I'm watching. Yes, in wrestling. Couldn't Since take I was my like a away. little kid. Yeah, uh, just fantastic, you guys. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way, find a way to see this match. I don't know if there's a DVD of All Out. And or of Double or Nothing, but if there is, buy it and, and watch it. It's worth it. Good God, the promo at the end. That Cody cuts on, yeah. a, on a bleeding Dustin yeah, in the corner. Yeah, so we can get into that, too. At the end of the match, uh, Dustin is down. He's bloodied. He's he's dejected. Cody Rhodes cuts this amazing promo uh, and just says, you know, before I knew you were coming back, I signed a contract to wrestle the Young Bucks, fight for the Fallen, and I get to pick my own partner. And I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. And he tears up, and he says, I need my brother. They get up and hug. Man, what a cap. 
What a cap on the end of that. And that match, match was great too. Yeah, it was. I'm trying to. Someone told me that that was a throwback to a Dusty Rhodes quote. It is a promo. Do you yeah, know I didn't that's know from? that. It's it's from a Dusty Rhodes promo where Dusty Rhodes tells Dustin Rhodes, "I need my son to be my tag team partner." Perfect. It's it's been posted all over the internet with comparisons. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and I and I the first time I watched that, I I definitely cried. Oh yeah, up. man, come on! There are people bawling all over. That's the crowd. exactly how a brotherly rivalry match like that needs to end. Yeah. And just think, Vince is still hesitant on doing sibling rivalries, and this was a perfect example of when you do them right. Brothers don't fight. Yeah, when you do them right, man, they can be beautiful, and this was beautiful. It was art. Uh, the next match was art as well. We get a video package hyping up the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. Of course, this is the only uh, championship match. Oh, no, I'm forgetting something huge that happened after this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, after this, it's time for the belt presentation. We get some British comedian in the ring to introduce... No, that's Bret Hart. Uh, no, that's Jack White Whitehall. Whitehall? Whitehall? I don't know. This sure. Guy. I don't know who this sure. guy is. They got to get a celebrity in there. Uh, Quote, unquote. But he's going to introduce Brett the Hitman Hart. Nice surprise. Uh, the crowd just came unglued. Oh, it was awesome. And and I'm he, not even a Bret Hart fan. Yeah, they gave him so much love. He came out with the belt, and uh, he announces the winner of the Battle Royale in the pre-show, which was Hangman Adam Page. He gets to... Uh, Lamp his way out. The first contender, yeah, because he's got the hurt knee. And he's going to be the first contender for the title match that'll be it all out. And then we get the salt of the earth. MJF comes out, and, and he just starts running down every oh, person the, in the arena. The best thing he says is when he goes, Brett, watch out, there's a fan coming at you. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, I also liked when he started to mock Brett's catchphrase. He's like, I'm the best there is, the best there was. And then he says, wait. That catchphrase sucks. sucks. I loved that. He's just running everybody down. Yeah, it also calls the crowd a bunch of fat hicks. Yeah, which uh, is universal for wrestling fans. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, well, yep. And They're then goes, uh, looks at Adam Page and says... Calls him Seabiscuit. He yes, calls him a horse. That was like, amazing. Like, but he's he also really going says, in on the horse things. With race horses, like all race horses that have a bum leg... Like Paige, end up getting shot in the head. Yeah. But calling him Seabiscuit was hilarious. Yeah, uh, but before he can finish running them down, Jungle Boy comes out. Son of Luke Perry. Followed by Jimmy Havoc. Not Luke Kilgore. Uh, nope, and, not uh, me. They beat up MJF and carry him away, and then Bret Hart unveils the belt. It's beautiful. And that's and that second. very heavy. Can I ask you guys if you heard something? When, yeah. they, when Bret Hart leaves... I heard he fell off the stage. Is he did. This, he, he totally did. What's the camera? Went the off? camera cut like just in time, but he was confused about which tunnel to leave out of, and he totally fell off the stage. He was fine, but oh. he's, uh, had, he's had a bad couple of years. Yeah, the wrestling, he, he, he or has. bad year. It's good to see him back in in the wrestling world. Though. And I just love that the fans gave him everything he deserved. He deserved Listen, it. Listen, I've always been somebody that's kind of ran Brett down for his attitude on stuff, but he is he is probably the actually the best wrestler of all time. He could be. He definitely no. could be. I mean, I. Um, and listen, for all the stuff that Brett's put wrestling promoters through, he's he's been put through some stuff by wrestling promoters too. Brett screwed Brett. Uh, he did. Um, up next, we get a, now we get the video package for the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. This one was fine. It was the weakest one on the show. It wasn't bad. Uh, they're kind of telling the story of how the Young Bucks have been a little bit rusty, maybe a little ring rust. Which they show in the match too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the cool thing about that is that as the match goes on, they get more cohesive and more right. cohesive. Which uh, is something I will talk about. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the whole story. Uh, even though the Young Bucks are the champions, uh, the the Triple A champions, apparently they have ring rust. It's fine. Uh, it was a one-off match. Uh, so this match was really good. Uh, so Kyle and I were talking off the record before we even watched the shows about what, how are we going to rate these matches. 
And I knew I was going to have one five-star match. I don't remember this match being as good as it was. I remember after watching this show, I told you I thought this was my yep. favorite match of the night. Yeah. Uh, it's really good, man. I mean, this... this. So, we, how rare is it that we get... Because I was talking about the two categories of five-star matches. This was the other. We got the emotional, huge, bloody brawl. And then we got the technical flippy masterpiece. Right. Back to freaking back. Has there been two matches more complimentary of each other ever back to back? I don't the think history so. This of was wrestling perfect. Card? No, sir. To go from that style of match to this style of match was perfect. I had one major problem with this match. I still gave it five stars. So, spoiler alert, for the first time ever, I think I've given two five-star ratings in the same show. I almost did three, which we'll get to. Um... Yeah, this match was great. The one problem I had with it was that uh, we got the uh, the package pile driver followed by a swanton, and Nick just kicked out of it. I don't want to see anybody kick out of a package pile driver ever. There wasn't I'm, even I'm with you. There wasn't even a, a delayed pinfall. It was ridiculous. That was my literally the one gripe I had about the match, though. This Whoa. there's too much to call. People are flipping all over the place. At one point, Pentagon hits a Canadian destroyer on the apron, and then that allows Phoenix to catapult over him and hit his own Canadian destroyer in the ring. That was my one of my favorite like spots oh, I've same, ever seen. Same. Ever. Yeah. It was fantastic. I mean, there was a top turnbuckle brainbuster to Phoenix at one point. Uh and then the end eventually comes when there is a, kind of an out-of-nowhere Melter driver, actually. So Phoenix is going for some kind of maneuver, and he gets caught by uh, Matt and then allows the uh, Melter driver to get hit in 24 minutes and 55 seconds. I mean, the chemistry these four have uh, is just magical. It can't be overstated. <laughs> right? It is incredible. These... T- these two teams could work a match every night for the rest of eternity, and I'd love it. And I don't get it; doesn't get old to me. No, it doesn't. Uh, it's five stars, guys. I've done it. I've done it. I've given two five star ratings on the same show. You've I, done it. I gave. And are it, we all on board too with that? I gave it five stars as well. Yeah. Luke, yes, sir. This was a fantastic a, match, you guys. A ton of super kicks, a ton of double stomps, a yeah, ton oh, of yeah. Canadian destroyers. I was just in heaven. But I will tell you. I, I, <laughs> Jim Cornette, watching that, had to have had and multiple brain injuries. Oh, especially when Nick kicked out of that, or Matt kicked out of that uh, package oh pile driver. Because even I had an issue with that. But that was the one thing, and it wasn't even enough for me to dock it down. I mean, he would have soiled himself long before that. I told Luke when that happened. burned a hole through the britches. I was thinking five stars. When that happened, I was like, I don't know. Right now I'm at 4.75. It got right back up to a five right. like, a minute after that. Again, this is just a, I don't know how these people do these things as consistently as they did throughout this match. Uh, just a huge spot fest. But there was also a story. As you said, the Young Bucks were missing a lot of moves in the beginning of the match, um, which was kind of the story. But as it continued, they started gelling better. I love that Their story. Their timing got better. Um, the announcers could have and probably should have put that over a little bit more. Uh, but it came across fairly well in the ring uh-huh. as well. Uh, just fantastic stuff, you know? Well, this is just this is the consensus, right? The two best tag teams in the world. Yeah, speaking I mean, of best tag teams in the world. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to see these guys face when they're they're facing each other this weekend? Mm-hmm. But who is next for the Young Bucks? Who's next for the Lucha Brothers after this match? Um, are they going to be in the tag team tournament? I believe so. I mean, I would. I think that'll just be what they do for a while. It, is there is, okay? Is there a tag team that you'd like to see them feud with? Either one, I don't care. You can you can just pick one. You can pick both. I'm gonna tell you the match I want to see. Yeah. LAX versus the Young Bucks. That would be great. 
because we got we've gotten LAX versus Lucha Bros. We've gotten it's that time a lot. for that other shoe to drop now. Who knows? I don't know where they're signing. It's not Impact, so they're leaving Impact. I was about to say, are they in it? They're, they're no. gone. They're yeah, gone they, from Impact gone. now. So, and the rumor is them, an, another tag team. I kind of have a feeling might be coming in, Enzo and Cass. Oh. I don't think I really want that. Yeah. They just don't fit. They don't make sense. They do make sense because they are big names. Yeah, they are. And they're they going to be going on well, national TV. Okay. And Big Cass now working with Diamond Dallas Page, who is boys with Cody Rhodes, who's in fantastic shape right now, if you saw him recently. Mm-hmm. I just think I think it's a fit. I don't really want it, but I think it's I a fit. I could see it. I could see well, them bringing them in. Uh, what I mean by fit, I mean with the rest of the tag teams, that yeah, where tag do they team s- doesn't make sense. Yeah, that you have a point. But they don't need to... They don't need to be in the title picture, though. They no, can just they, they kind of fart around and lose every match and get over. And you you could see some fun stuff oh, with, like, yeah. with them and like Best and friends. Helico and Jack Evans, yeah. So I was actually going to go the route of um, Lucha Bros and either SCU or and Helico and Jack Evans. Okay, that's that's a good pick. I would love Very to see. Pick. How about the first title feud ever? Best friends versus the Young Bucks. There you go. I Book think it. that's that's the other one I was going to go with, Best Friends and Young Sh- Bucks. Should I bring up my Dark Horse tag team for the tag team tournament? Yeah. Eminem. What? Johnny Johnny's a free agent. Oh, my Joey God. Joey could use uh, probably some cash. <laughs> Put them together, man. Yeah, man, do yeah, it. What's, what's Joey it, up you to? You cowards. What's uh, he I don't know what Joey's up to these days, but I, I guarantee you if they asked him to come wrestle and do Eminem versus the Young Bucks, it would happen. I would love that. I don't know if how great it would be, but I know Night or, or if they could get Molina. They don't need Molina. Well, I guess it's just fucking MN then. DX reunions don't have Billy Gunn now. They yeah, don't but, have to but have DX, everybody. But well, DX wasn't okay, an to be acronym fair, for their to names. To be fair, you know they probably couldn't be called Eminem anyways. Cause right. That's probably it, would, it would probably just be Johnny Dynamite and Joey. Johnny. Va- John, yeah. Joey, Joey Jupiter or something. Yeah. Joey, I like that. Joey Jupiter. Uh, okay. Yeah. Joey Janela. Make it happen. Bring him in. Um, now. It is time for the main event of the evening. Another just absolutely fantastic video package. This one is hyping up Kenny Omega versus Chris Kenny. Jericho. And uh, this match is going to be, uh, the winner of this match gets to go on to face Adam Page on Saturday for the first ever crowning of the AEW Heavyweight Champion of the World. Um, it's a good match. <laughs> really good match. Well, uh, can, can, we talk about, can we talk about Chris Jericho's entrance first, please? Yeah, go ahead. So, Gush about it. So yeah, I absolutely loved it in the imagery. So it starts out, there's like Jericho impersonators. So it starts out showing Lionheart on the screen. And on the left stage, it's got a spotlight on a guy in Jericho's old Lionheart gear. And then on the right, there's another impersonator in Jericho, like holding a list of Jericho in, in his gear there with the scarf. And then in the middle, there's the light up jacket impersonator. And then that all cuts off. And then... Coming out to Judas, his own song. Chris Jericho's in spikes, in this awesome like cowboyish hat. Like he's he looks dressed, gothic as hell. He's dressed like a teenage Ninja Turtles villain, which I kind of he appreciate. He does look like Shredder. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of does. He's doing what he was doing at the end of New Japan. Yeah, his last yes. couple yeah. New Japan matches. Um, yeah, Chris Jericho's over. Kenny Omega's super the, over. Kenny's entrance is amazing too. Man, the way Chris Jericho has like. Not that he's still doing all the old stuff. He's doing lion tamers. He's doing lion salts. He's doing other lion themed movies. And he's, stuff. He's, al- he's also still doing the code breaker. Yeah, he's yep. doing all that stuff. But he's he's slowed down. I mean, he's almost fifty years old. It's it was gonna happen. But he's changed his style to perfectly accentuate it and, and 
we all know he has chemistry with Kenny Omega. This was as good as their New Japan match, I thought. I thought it was as I good. Thought, I thought Dominion was better. Yeah, I Did definitely you? I thought, thought the they New were J- right on the same. I mean, they were similar matches. I thought honestly. the New Japan matches were uh, the five-star match. There were some spots in this match that were just insane. Kenny gets his nose broken at one point. Uh, so we got Blade Blood and Hardway Blood on this show. Uh, don't don't forget the uh, double stomp to the table. I was going to bring outside. that up right after this. Yeah, so you got Kenny with this blood covered face, great visual, and uh, Chris Jericho gets the flimsiest table on earth out. These AEW needs better tables. These tables they're better than New Japan's, but uh, they're pretty flimsy. Mr. Flimsy Khan, looking. you can afford better. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Chris Jericho's holding it up. He gets taken down with a dive, and then Omega gets back up. He does a plancha stomp onto the back side of the table onto Jericho. Like a springboard. That was a huge gras. spot. Yeah. They battle out into the crowd. Chris Jericho does all the Chris Jericho stuff. He splashes water on people. He steals a camera. He's just being Chris Jericho. Um, he gets the Lion Tamer, I think, at least once. I love the Lion Tamer. Uh, good to see it back again. Uh, that was always the variant I would put on my friends of the Walls of Jericho. I would always go straight for the Lion Tamer. Yeah, the most painful <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, it hurts. Have you guys ever had the Lion Tamer put on you? Yes. yes. It hurts, man. Stretches you out. It hurts. Uh, v- V-Triggers everywhere. I-, I don't get sick of seeing the V-Trigger, oh my though. God. Okay, I, could awesome. watch, I could watch a match of nothing but V-Triggers, and it'd be a 3 So Zach match. and I talked about this, Kyle. Um, you love the Sling Blade. I do. I, I think it's overused, and I like it's hard for me. Like... It's everywhere, and so I don't like seeing it that much anymore. But the V trigger, especially when it's Kenny Omega, oh my god! He just the way that I, I want to see it in slow motion. I want to sports science on it. Yeah, we've talked about. He that. moves so like scarily fluently. Like, he's just so good. He he the V trigger is the way he hits it is so amazing. He he like he's so graceful. He jumps and he switches that position in midair, and the impact it always feels big. Uh, at one point, Chris Jericho actually does block the V trigger into the line into the uh, lion tamer, that and was then sick. Uh, there was also he a, caught a code breaker from the top. Yeah, he caught a code breaker from the top for a near fall, and then the end sees uh, Chris Jericho wants the lion salt, but Kenny catches him, puts him on his shoulder, goes to the one winged angel, which gets countered into a uh, planting DDT, and then about. A minute later, we get the Judas effect, the rolling elbow, the new finisher of Chris Jericho, and that's... Oh, it's, it looks like a John Jones maneuver. It yes, does. Yes, it does. Uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence about it, but... I love it. The more I... The, when I saw it again, I was like, okay, it's pretty cool. So, at first, I was like... When it, when he was, like, practicing it, I was like, oh, this kind of sounds dumb. Yeah. But like then, a when, video. Yeah. Then when he did it, I was yeah, like, yeah. that's a John Jones-like yeah. elbow that's going to knock anybody out. Yeah. And uh, it did knock Kenny Omega out for the three count, and Chris Jericho wins by pinfall What'd in 27 minutes. I, I was on the fence about giving it another five. I didn't quite get there, though. Uh, I gave it a 4.75, though. So I gave it four and a half. Fantastic. I really, oh. really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. I just don't think it was... I think there was a little bit more to that Dominion match. Yes, definitely. That's fair. Uh, I gave it four and three quarters. It was amazing, and... God, we were so close to having three straight five star matches. I mean, this was my. That's probably the best. was like the only the only pay per view that's ever this done. This might that, have been right? the best three match stretch I've ever seen, but, ever. But Kenny Omega, man, and I know everyone's all over his. He's dick, so good, but everything he does is so smooth. He's amazing. Everything. I don't care what people say, and like. They're like, oh, everybody just hangs on Kenny Omega. He deserves it. He's that good. He's so he's one of the best, if not the best, pure wrestler on earth, and he's got a great character. So what more could you possibly right. want out of him? And then what happens next? So what happens next is Chris Jericho gets on the mic and just cuts this great promo, to demanding that the whole crowd thank him for everything he's done. He said there wouldn't be an AEW, there wouldn't be a TV deal, there wouldn't be a the big beautiful belt without Chris Jericho. Uh, but as he's cutting that promo, here comes John Moxley. Oh my God! Jr. Go 
goes crazy, admittedly. Oh, he, he's, he's great here. Moxa comes out. He dirty deeds Jericho. He uh, then just starts to just... He, he dirty deeds the ref, and then he just starts whipping Kenny Omega's ass throughout the whole arena. They fight up to the top. They get uh, Eventually, they get on top of the po- this deck of poker chips on the staging area. Uh, F Beautiful you, visual. F you to Kenny Omega off of, the, uh, off of the poker chips, and John Moxley taunts and stands tall as we go off the air. Uh, just a great way to end this show. That uh, felt so good watching the first it time. It did. It did. Uh, what a cool way to end the show, announcing Moxley. It's a Bummer, man, that we don't get that payoff at all out. That was the match I was looking forward to the most on that card. I'm super bummed out that we don't get it. We're uh, going to get it eventually. We'll probably get it, I'm guessing, on the maybe first TV main event. Maybe. Um, Question. Yeah. Answer. You don't, Who wins the title? So, I was talking to Luke about this last yeah. night. I don't think you would have had Chris Jericho win that match if you didn't have him winning the title, if that I makes agree. sense. Because Kenny Omega and Hangman Page could put on a five-star match. Not that I'm saying that Chris Jericho and Hangman Page can't. I just think the only reason Chris Jericho, the only reason to not have Kenny Omega go over is because Chris Jericho is winning the belt, if and, that makes sense. And explain your marketing side of things. Because he's the big name. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, if you're flipping he can go the on a channels, talk show, yeah. yeah. If you're flipping through the channels and you see a talk show of Hangman Page or Chris Jericho, which one's going to make you stay? You're going to stay on Chris Jericho. Everybody knows who Chris but Jericho is. But then yes. Chris Jericho can promote Hangman Page on Exactly. That. Oh, this guy was real tough. You need to go watch this match. He's a great guy. And here's the thing, not to fantasy book again, but I'm going to fantasy book again. No, no, no. They love this. You can have on Saturday, Jericho can win the match with like some sketchy heel tactics. And he will. He can drop the belt at the very next pay-per-view. All you need is Jericho to be that first champion. It doesn't have to be a long reign. No. And they're only going to do, what, four or five pay-per-views a year? Right. So it's going to be like a two-month reign. And you know he's going to just, as long as he's the inaugural champion, just like the Undisputed thing, he will rub it in everyone's face. So let Paige win it at the next pay-per-view. Let Jericho get that reign. Let him be the first. He deserves it. He's the biggest name you have on the roster. Um, Go for it, man. I'm on board. So... What'd you rate the show? Mm. I rated the show. I was so close to doing an A plus. I don't think I've ever given an A plus. I'd have to look back. I gave it an A though, ultimately, because there were a couple like, uh, I mean, as good as those last three matches were. Again, I'm talking about an A versus an A plus, so it's not like you know. Right. Uh, I would have needed to see one of those pre-card matches just really do something else. I think that having so many multi-people matches kind of was starting to sap the energy out a little bit for me. Uh, but those last three matches, I mean, all the matches were good. There right. wasn't a bad match on the card. All the matches were almost great. Uh, but I give it a salt, like a 94 and a half, an A of high A, almost an A+. plus. I gave it an A. I think the mm-hmm. last three matches, along with the best friends match and the SCU match, really all stand out to me. I also think that the MJF segment was pure gold and just made a top heel. In so, one segment. Yeah, so A show... Again, I'm in that 95% range with you. Yeah, I don't know how you can argue with that. I mean, it's right there. Those That's the best three-match chain ever to end a pay-per-view that I've ever seen. I mean, maybe not in, in existence, but it's. I feel like it's pretty hard to beat. Right. Oh, for sure. So, next week, we're going to have All Out. Yeah. Uh, Luke won't be here. He decided he hates us. And so, Reckless Robbie will be fill- Reckless filling Robbie in. Reckless Robbie is filling in as the third man. So, let me tell you the match card. Please we have. God, I'm so sad. On the pre-show, we have the 21 Women Casino Battle Royal. Cool. We have the Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. That should be a great Private match. Private Party's amazing. We have SoCal Uncensored versus Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Zach's favorite wrestler, Marco Stunt. Uh, that should be fun. <laughs> we have Rio. Is that how you say her name? Riho? Yep. Riho and 
Hikarushida? Hikarushida. Yep. You got then good we, pronunciation. Gotcha. Then we have Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc, which is going to oh, be sponsored insane. by Cracker Barrel, by the way. Yep. And then we're going to oh, have. Oh, we didn't mention that Jericho spot. That was <laughs> oh, funny. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to have Cody Rhodes with. We don't know somebody. yet. Somebody. Versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. We're going to have a ladder match between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. Oh, God, yes. We're going to have the Best Friends versus the Dark Order. Oh, yes. We're going to have Kenny Omega versus the former Neville, Pac. And then we're going to have Adam Hangman Page versus Y2J, Chris Jericho. For the world title. So, so that is going to be a show. What super, a stacked card. Super sad about. So Moxley, in case anyone hasn't heard, got what, Mercer, Mercer his back. Staff his staff came el- back. Yeah, his Mercer staff. back. Yeah. Same thing. And his, and his elbow. And so he had to drop out of that match. Hey man, I mean Pac is incredible though. So it's a bummer, dude. Like I, I am so sad about it. Also, hopefully Phoenix is okay. Yeah, apparently he's dealing with an injury. Yeah, bug Phoenix too. almost broke his leg the other day. So hopefully oh, you're shit. all right. You that match happens. Uh, Pac versus Omega is going to be incredible. Still, oh yeah. Sad about Moxley, but we're gonna get it. All, all out's gonna kill it. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, so we hope you'll tune in next week. As always, subscribe to us. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. We appreciate it. Uh, leave us a message. We will get to it on the show if you have a bone and to pick with us. And uh, This show is officially all elite. That's baby. right. Give me the biggest of two sweets. Two, two sweets. sweets. Yeah.